0: I feel blessed that's ever I'm the best. I- Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, how y'all doing today? It is Friday, November 17, twenty twenty-three, in this building. The playmakers in the building, and just programming note: no video for this episode, straight audio, just like we had for Ramley Talk, uh, for Bear Down and On today. No videos, just straight audio, but. Y'all still going to get you all show. Sure. I'm still going to give you what you've been looking for because it is Friday. It is time to talk some college football. Another programming note. I'm debating it right now. I'm working some things out, but I'm trying my best to do a bearing down and gridiron next week. And if I do and get everything right, it will be next Wednesday. And it will not be Friday. It will be next Wednesday. That way... Enjoy Thanksgiving with your family. Enjoy Black Friday. Then we off to the weekend, which is going to be a very big weekend. It's the last weekend of the regular season next week. So a lot to get into. So I'm not going to waste too much of your time because we are already behind kind issues with the the streaming platform. So we got to get right into it. So ladies and gentlemen, you know how we jump at all. We're going right to the two-minute drill. And to begin the two-minute drill, we have here Florida State to retire Jameis Winston jersey honor 2013 championship. So the Florida State Seminoles this coming Saturday tomorrow they will be honoring Jameis Winston, you know, his jersey as they retire his jersey ahead of their game against Northern Alabama this week. That game is let me see if I can find it. That game is tomorrow at 6:30 on the CW network in Tallahassee, as it is fine that Florida State will be moving on to 11 and over for the final week of the season. A nice way to retire the jersey from the, from the, court, the star quarterback that led the Florida State Seminoles to the National Championship over the Auburn Tigers and back in 2013. It was nice, nice to see that take place. Moving on, Penn State Fire's offensive coordinator, Mike Yuskic, Interesting how that works out. Everything was surrounding around Michigan, and then before you know it, we have some more coordinators getting fired. This time at Penn State, James Franklin making a, making a move, which I don't think that is the correct move, to be honest. I think the head man himself needs to go. But I'm not going to go there just yet. So we're going to move on. Speaking of coaching, we have some coaching news out the gate. Mississippi State has fired head coach Zach Arnett after his first doing his first year there. Didn't even get a man a chance to coach the team and get get his recruits in and anything. They just fired him out the gate. I don't understand that move whatsoever. Uh Boise State fires coach Andy Avalo after a twenty two and fourteen record. A lot of coaching news is happening this week. Very lucky. Excuse me, but there's more to come. We're gonna be talking about it. Uh, pivot away from the coaching news real quickly. Uh, ruling Grant, Oregon State, and Washington State full control of the Pac-12. If you remember, the other schools that are still currently in the in the uh, Pac-12, you know the Oregon's and the USC, UCLA's, the Washington's of the world. They were find. They were filing a suit to stop Oregon State. And Washington State from taking over the Pac-12 because they'll be the only two members left when the 2024 season hits. And the judge was ruling in their favor. So Oregon and Oregon State gets full control of the Pac-12 going into next season. Back to the coaching news. Ladies and gentlemen, Texas A&M, the biggest news that came out this week back on the 12th. Was that Texas AM fired head coach Jimbo Fisher? And in firing Jimbo Fisher, this man got seventy six million buyout. Seventy six million to not coach Texas AM ever again. Good, 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 good. That that is interesting. But like I said in my post, I bet, I bet Jimbo won't say nothing to about the SEC never again. You brought your butt to the Southeastern Conference. You ain't even sniff a, a, a SEC West title, let alone to play for the damn conference in Atlanta. Not even close. Matter of fact, if I remember, correctly? I think you only had one 10-win season. Matter of fact, you probably did none 10-win season. And the AD or Texas and m came out and said the firing of Jimbo was basically because the program was stuck in neutral. Find a lie, as Snowman would say, find a lie. Stuck in neutral, there's nothing that you can do. So that's that was that was going on. And something I forgot to mention about the uh, ruling of the Pac-12, it. So on the 14th, they were, they were ruling in favor of it. But two days later, on the 16th, on yesterday, Washington court puts temporary pause on control of Pac-12. It says here in this article, the Washington State Supreme Court issued a temporary stay of Tuesday preliminary injunction that was set to grant control of the Pac-12 Board of Directors to Oregon State and Washington State on Monday. The court's ruling came a day after the, after the University of Washington, working on the behalf of the 10 schools set to depart the Pac-12 at the end of the academic year, filed an emergency motion to stay Tuesday's ruling and extend a temporary restraining order that has been in place since September. That temporary restraining order prevents any board action without unanimous consent from the 12 current members. Thursday's preparing preliminary ruling was not exactly what Washington requested, but it does have a similar impact in the short term as o- Oregon State and Washington State would not control the conference board beginning Monday. Instead, both parties have been asked to file brief regards Washington's emerg- emergency state requests with the courts asking for those to be filed by November 28th and a reply by December 8th. So hold off on Oregon State and Washington State taking full control of the Pac-12 just yet. And then the big news was that Jim Harbaugh and Michigan have accepted the three-game suspension. And then on top of that, they fired defensive court, they linebacker's coach. (laughs) Basically at the same time. After everything we went through with Michigan. The Colin Stallion situation, the sign stealing. Michigan felt like they being acted by the NCAA. The Big Ten better not do this because they do this. as in That's violating the bottles of the Big Ten. And if they do, we're going to file a lawsuit. The Big Ten didn't give a damn. They still suspended him for three games. They was, then they filed a temporary restraining order. And it was going to be set for today, supposedly. But yesterday, they accepted the punishment. And the article says here, this is yesterday's article. Michigan and Coach Jim Harbaugh have agreed to the Big Ten three game suspension of the Wolverine's coach. The school announced Thursday, which means Harbaugh will not coach at Maryland tomorrow or in the regular season finale against arch rival Ohio State. According to the statement, the university said the Big Ten agreed to close the investigation, which means there won't be a hearing Friday morning, as was planned at the the Washington Court- County Courthouse. The case has been firmly dis- dismissed, saying, quote, This morning, the university, Coach Harbaugh, and the big team resolved a pending litigation. The conference agreed to close the investigation, and the university and Coach Harbaugh agreed to accept the Greek three game suspicion. Coach Harbaugh, with the university's support, decided to accept this sanction to return to the focus to our student-athletes and their performance on the field. The conference has confirmed that it is not aware of any information suggest, suggesting Coach Harbaugh's involvement in the allegations. The university continues co- to cooperate fully with the NCAA's investigation. Close quote. The Big Ten said in their statement saying, quote, legal, cha- legal challenges pretty much why. Okay, Commissioner's duty to protect the integrity of competition will never waver. Today's decision by the University of Michigan to withdraw its legal challenge against the conference November 10th notion of disciplinary actions is an indicative of the high standards and values that the conference and the university seeks to uphold. The University of Michigan is a value member of the Big Ten Conference and the conference will continue to work cooperatively with the university and the NCAA during this process, close quote. To be honest, do you know, know what this looks like? This looks like uh, when the NCAA finishes their resignation. <laughs> Hell is coming for the University of Michigan. Because I believe at that point in time, Jim Harbaugh ain't going to be at Michigan. I think Jim Harbaugh is going to go back to the NFL to avoid that penalty in which some Somebody like uh, I don't know Pete Carroll did before they got on USC. They ended up taking the the, the Heisman choice from from Reggie Bush, and Pete Carroll got off scot free because he was not there anymore. Even though Reggie Bush wasn't even there no more, and they still took his Heisman. So that's all I got to say on that. Now, to finish out the two minute the two minute drill, the. So far, we have five head coaching openings so far. We have two in the group of five that is, and they both are in the Mountain West, that will be Boise State because their coach has fired, and San Diego State because their coach is returning at the end of the season. In the Power Five, we have a Big Ten in Michigan State, and then the other two are in the SEC, Texas A&M, and Mississippi State. That is the two-minute drill, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a break, and then when we come back, We gotta recap what took place in Week Ten. We'll be back. why I say Week Eleven. Week Eleven. We'll be back. Ram fans across the nation, Ram fans across the world, the playmaker down there selling here, and you have turned into Ramley Talk. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup said the goat is not getting his ball back. We are ending this right here, right now, and Matthew Stafford did it. Somebody explain to me. Why does this keep happening with the San Francisco 49ers? You can't stop Debo Simmons for whatever reason. You make Jimmy G look like a damn good quarterback. And then the offensive line, and defensive line getting their ass whipped by the other ones. Somebody explain this to me. Please. Baker Mayfield was just a walk through practice into his team with the Rams. And he's out there throwing games with the touchdowns. Just like in the San Francisco game, aaron Donald gets to joe burrow burrow tries to get rid of it and falls it falls wide and short up some my jp run turn over on down subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform whether it be apple podcast google podcast spotify stitcher hi radio amazon music and whatever else that you listen to randomly talk on
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk. The Dallas Cowboys got exactly what they deserved. Let me say that one more time because you know it's true. The Dallas Cowboys got exactly what they deserved. Dak Prescott is overrated and he shouldn't be paid. Okay? And the same thing with Pollard. I mean, caller breaking the tackles at that 57-yard touchdown run. I mean, we oh, needed that big time. 33 points in the fourth quarter. Let me say that again. 33 points in the fourth quarter. And that's off of four turnovers committed by the Colts. See, at one point, and the fact that at the end of the third quarter it was 21 to 19 and the final score was 54 to 19. Now, that ladies and gentlemen, that is completely unexpected. Cowboy Sock is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bearing Down the Gridiron. We got our two-minute drill out the way now. Let's go with the Gridiron Roundup, ladies and gentlemen. And to begin our Gridiron Roundup, right as we saw Michigan walked into Happy Valley to take on the Penn State Nathan Lions, and they gave it to them 24-15. To to Washington hosted Utah in a big-time showdown in the Pac-12, with Washington surviving 35-28. Phone the Pacific Northwest down to Missouri. As the Missouri Tigers coming off that heartbreaking loss to the Georgia Bulldogs a prior week, they was hosting Tennessee in a big-time SEC East game in Missouri destroyed them boys. Destroyed the volunteers 36-7. The battle in the Sunstone State up in Tallahassee for the ACC. It was between the Florida State Seminoles and the Miami Hurricanes. Arch rivals get together. Can Florida State keep their season undefeated and knock up their arch rivals? Or can they arch rivals do something that they love to do to the Florida State Seminoles and blow any host Florida State has in postseason play? Florida State survives twenty-seven to twenty. Going back out west to the Pac-12, it was the Oregon Ducks hosting the USC Trojans up in Eugene, Oregon. You just you just knew that no matter what Caleb Williams did, it was not gonna be enough against Oregon and it sure wasn't. 36 to 27, the Ducks continue to roll. And then in our game of the week, it was the Georgia Bulldogs hosting the Old Miss Rebels in a top 10 SEC showdown. Old Miss trying to keep a win to stay alive again, to stay alive in the SEC West. Why Georgia is trying to even that it was trying to close out the East and get back to Atlanta for the SEC Championship. And in doing so, be helping their opponent out for that game. And which they did by the two more. 52 to 17. a beat down of the old Miss Rebels. Thus, the SEC championship is set. little goes in a couple of these games. Michigan going to Happy Valley and winning 24-15. The score doesn't look that impressive, but here's what is impressive. In the second half, Michigan decided. In the second half, ladies and gentlemen, Michigan decided to run the ball 30 straight. Times we talking thirty straight times. These boys ran the ball. Their first drive of the second half, they came out thirteen plays, thirteen runs. Okay, thirteen runs, and it led to a field goal. Okay, Penn State punts on their next drive, all right? Michigan runs the ball three more times. They get a three and out. They punt, okay? And then Penn State punts again three and out. Michigan wants the ball five more times and punt. Another three and out for Penn State. Michigan runs the ball three more times. And punt. (laughs) It's turnover on downs for Penn State after that. Bike Krom one yard uh 30 yards out run for a touchdown to make it 24 to 9. And some more running from Blake Crow. They ran the ball 30 times in the second half. Just pumped the Nifty Lions on their home home turf. In front of the Nifty Lions faithful, Michigan went in there and pumped the Nifty Lions to run the ball 30 straight times in the second half. That is terrible. They even throw the ball now one time in the second half. Not one time. Not one throw in the second half by the Michigan Wolverines. That is a damn shame right there. That's a damn shame. Okay? That's a damn shame. Another game I want to talk about. Um, Tennessee. What the hell was y'all doing in Missouri? Y'all got y'all ass whooped. 36-7? 36-7. They beat y'all ass. They smacked y'all around like y'all wasn't a worth a damn. Okay. Y'all took the lead seven three at the twelve twelve and a half mark of the second quarter. And these boys with off thirty three straight. And that's how the outside of game ended. Y'all catch your ass whooped, Tennessee. Y'all don't even show y'all face. Y'all y'all got your ass whooped, okay? And speaking of uh, Florida State survived again, by the way. Back and forth game. Unfortunately, Miami starting quarterback was out. He got injured, and that was the, what that was all she woke for. The Miami Hurricanes, at Florida State survive on that one. I, got, I already talked about USC in order, but Lane Kiffin, damn dude, Lane Kiffin. I don't know what to tell you, man. Whenever there's a big game involving your team, your team comes out and losing, in and most of the time getting your ass whooped. 52-17. to 17. You went in the halftime down 28-14 to 14 and then you ain't even score again until the fourth quarter and you want to get the field goal. Y'all got y'all ass whooped. Y'all went to Athens and got spanked. Just spanked. Lane Kiffin, I mean, you doing it. Like, you haven't, you got old Miss being ranked in the top 10, top 15 consistently, but your ass can't win big games. You can't win big games. James Franklin can't win big games. Brian Kelly can't win big games. What are we doing here? Like, jeez. Y'all just got your ass whooped in Athens. Good Lord. All right, that was the campus tour slate that we just went through with some other. Noticeable uh, games, I think we should we need to pay attention to uh, Alabama. The fan vote was Alabama and Kentucky, and uh, we knew how that game was gonna go. And it went the second half, we went 49 to 21. Alabama Christian child rode Kentucky out in Lexington, Kentucky. Whoo, the bounce out was definitely bouncing in Orlando. And uh, the Cowboys of Oklahoma State, uh, they um, didn't handle it very well uh, because y'all got y'all ass with 45-3. The upset of the week comes from Lawrence, Kansas, when the Texas Tech Red Raiders walked in up in Lawrence, Kansas, and took out the Kansas Jayhaw 16-13. didn't expect the long when you see Kansas and Texas Tech, you don't expect 29 points to be scored. You expect one of them teams to have at least 29, but 29 combined, that was that was something different right there. And Texas Tech won a defensive game, surprisingly. And speaking of a team who won in a surprising fashion, um, Oklahoma, welcome to the blowout city. Damn, it took y'all long enough. You lost to Kansas, and you lost to freaking Oklahoma State. Now you finally want to beat somebody's ass. And West Virginia, by the way, that was really shocking as it is because West Virginia's like the only team that actually played defense until the Test decided to play defense against Kansas. 59-20, to 20, 30, a 39-point win. Good Lord. What was that the last two weeks? What was that? And then the LSU Tigers against the SEC East arch rivals, the Florida Gators. Wayne, you see 52-35, to 35, it was like, damn, high-scoring game. But I would get more into that game in a minute. Obviously, we already talked about Alabama and Kentucky. And, yep, Alabama was up 21 nothing before Kentucky even got on the board. And then it became 28-7 to at halftime. And it was just like, yeah, Alabama got this from left and right. The 45-3 ass-whooping that the USC Knights put on the Oklahoma State Cowboys was very surprising. It was 14-0. It was like, okay, cool. Then it became, 20, and it became 17-0. It was like, okay. Don't want to get too happy because they did have a 28-point lead on Baylor at the same place, and Baylor still came back and won. 24-0 at halftime. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma State gets on the board. And then 14 more points came from UCL. So we went from 24-0 at halftime to 24-3 in the third quarter to 31-3. Then it became 38-3, and it's like, well, damn. 38-3 in the fourth quarter, y'all, y'all ain't coming back. There's no way in hell y'all for them. No. Mike Gundy, thanks a lot. You can beat Oklahoma, but you can't beat UCL. What kind of bulls is that? Talk about this upset of the week: Texas Tech over Kansas, surprising. Uh, and uh, Texas Tech turned out a ten nothing lead, which was very surprising. And then it was thirteen nothing going to the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden, Kansas started making a comeback against Texas Tech. But an uh, extra field goal by Texas Tech made it sixteen thirteen. That's how the game ended. Now, my beloved Gators, ladies and gentlemen. For the first time in my life, I actually had Florida State fans, Georgia fans, fans, period. Did not want to talk about the embarrassment that the Gators were in Baton Rouge, especially on the defensive side. Then the fact that uh we gave up 52 points, that ain't the problem. The problem ain't us giving up 52 points. It was in Baton Rouge, it was in LSU, it was in primetime. So most of us in Gator Nation knew we was not gonna win this game no matter what. Here's the disappointing part. (laughs) Jaden Daniels seeking Henley whooped our ass. (laughs) Jaden Daniels. (laughs) Lord have mercy. We all knew he's good at it. He's a great athlete, great quarterback. This man broke an NCAA record, an FBS record on his ass. This man threw for 372 yards and three touchdowns. And this dude ran for 234 yards and two touchdowns. So we're, we're talking 372 plus 234 on the ground. That man combined for 606 yards and five touchdowns. No turnovers. The dude averaged 14.3 yards per pass. He averaged 19.5 yards per run. I mean, we got beat to stretch by one player. And it is like, I'm looking at Graham Hurst numbers 26 for 38, 311 a touchdown. Trevor Etienne numbers eighteen carries, ninety nine yards, three touchdowns. Where you can pass out seven carries, and, it, and it, it don't even it don't even matter. Like the offense gave you thirty five points, thirty five points in the SEC is great. But Jaden Daniels, good gracious, six hundred and six combined yards and. Five touchdowns with not one turnover. That is just demoralizing, embarrassing. I mean, that defense got shredded apart by a quarterback with both his arm and legs. The lead receiver for the Tigers, by the way, was Thomas Jr. He had six catches and one of 50 and two touchdowns. Is it to just so to see that game and to see Jaden Daniels do what he did us? That was just embarrassing to watch, man. Embarrassing, and to have people in the Gated Nation happen to put on social media, can we have a defense? It's a post that I never thought people would post about a Florida team. Now we don't have an offense, okay? I've seen that playing of on, but we don't have a damn defense, and we're in the Southeastern Conference.
1: That's a problem.
0: Bill Nep, you gotta do something, man. Next year, you gotta do something next year, man. I will say this year, I'm gonna give you benefit that I think I want you. To, I want you to go through next year because next year is gonna be a damn hard schedule. If you can make it through that, we have a chance. But for the defense to get ripped to shreds like that, that is a effing problem. All right, that's an effing problem. Now that I got my soap bars out the way, and you know how to get that out the way. Here are the current standings of, of the conference thus far. Only one I don't have is the Southeastern Conference because we already know who was, in the SC, who was already in the SEC Championship. That would be uh, Alabama and Georgia yet again. 4 p.m. first weekend of December. Okay. In the, Atlantic Coast of it, in, in the Atlantic Coast Conference, Florida State is number one. They already solidified their spot. Who will join them? And the driver's seat to join them is Louisville right now who is 6-1 in conference play. But North Carolina, NC State, Virginia Tech all have a say. As long as Miami, knocks out Louisville. All right. That's the ACC. In the Big 12, you got Texas, you got Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Kansas State. There's a lot going on here in the Big 12. Uh, somehow, someway, Texas has not solidified their spot in the conference championship game yet. So we do not know who's going to be in the Big Tour championship. We have to wait and see how that goes. All right. So both spots are still up for grabs. Right now, Texas is on top at 6-1. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Iowa State, and Kansas State all at five and two with Oklahoma State leading the way, cause they actually beat Oklahoma. I do believe they beat Iowa State and they did beat Kansas State, if I'm correct. Oh, no? let me go back and look. Before I even confirm that. Let me go look at the Big Twelve and see what happens. Let me go look at this stuff. All right. I'm um, looking at Oklahoma State schedule. If I'm looking at you, so they beat Oklahoma. We already know that Iowa State beat Oklahoma, but Oklahoma did beat Kansas State. So we have we have Iowa State knocking off Oklahoma State. So we have that. Kansas State, Kansas State has been, I know, lost to uh, Oklahoma State. They have a date with Iowa State to come. That'll be next weekend, after they have a date with Kansas this weekend. So that's that. Uh, Let's look at Oklahoma. Oklahoma, beating beating Iowa State and beat them by 30, by the way. And they also beat Texas. Lost to Kansas, lost to Oklahoma State. They have a tech. It's, it's gonna be interesting to see who makes it. Only thing Texas gotta do is win, and they're good. But that second spot is gonna be up for grabs between these uh one, two, three, four teams between Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Iowa State, and Kansas State. It's gonna be interesting to see how that goes. So let's see how that goes and see how that works out in the Big Twelve, Big Ten. Quite simple, very quite simple. And if I'm looking at this correct. I'm pretty sure. Let me see. Is Iowa already solidified in the Big Ten championship? Or do they got some more work to do? Let's see. Uh, nope. Iowa's not solidified yet, even though they are five and two in conference play with Northwestern sitting at three and three, Nebraska sitting at three and three, Wisconsin sitting at three and three, Illinois sitting at three and three, and Minnesota sitting at three and four. So a lot of is, Iowa has a two-game lead on just about everybody. How are they not already in the Big Ten Championship? Let me see. What's Iowa? Iowa plays Illinois this week. That would be why. And then who do they have next week? Then they have Nebraska next week. Okay. I can see what's going on here. I can definitely see. So, Iowa needs to win this week, and they'll put that to bed. This beat. This beat Illinois at home, and they have that done. And then we are know the big one is between Michigan and Ohio State. That's next weekend. So the winner of that game would most likely get iron the Big Ten championship game. And then that just leaves us with the Pac-12. And Here's how the Pac-12 works out: Washington seven and zero, Oregon six and one. We got to know who that loss came to. Right behind them is Arizona at five and two. Oregon State at five and two. The way that's go, I do is Washington, I don't even think Washington solidified their spot yet. Washington hasn't even solidified their spot yet. So it's gonna be interesting how what they need to do to solidify their spot. Well, they're gonna be in Corvallis this week. We you know that much. So then you have the Apple Cup against Washington State. That should be interesting. Oregon, they have or Arizona State this week, and then a date with Oregon State next week, in Eugene, that's going to be a fun one, and that game will be on Black Friday. Let's look at Arizona. Arizona this week, they have Utah coming in to Tempe, Arizona, or Tucson, Arizona, should I say. Then they go, and speaking of Tempe, they go to Tempe, Arizona, to take on the Arizona State Sun Devils. And then, you know, Oregon State, who has the toughest remaining two games out of everybody, they have Washington coming to Corvallis, and then they go to Eugene. So, Outside of the Florida State, having a spot solidified in the ACC and the SEC championship game already set between Georgia and Alabama. Everything else is still off the of ground, but a lot of answers can't be dealt with tomorrow if it's done correctly, ladies and gentlemen. If it's done correctly. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I went perfect. I went a perfect 6-0 with... DS point with Bama destroying Kentucky. 6 and 0. Michigan took care of Penn State. Washington survived against Utah. Missouri beating Tennessee. Florida State knocking off Miami. Oregon winning against USC and Georgia smashing Ole Miss. I went a perfect 6 and 0. I am 47 and 19. I am almost 30 games above 500. 30 games above. I'm almost at 30 games above 500. I have two weeks to do it. I have two weeks to do it. Okay? Two weeks to do it. So we'll see how that rolls. So with that being said, we're going to take another commercial break here. Then when we come back, campus tour, campus tour, campus tour. We'll be back. The Playmakers Blog is sponsored by Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, mountains of entertainment. So much, so much to stream from shows and movies you can only catch here on Paramount Plus. Whether it be from CBS, BET, Comedy Central, Liquid Loading, and so much more. The new home of Showtime. Watch Showtime original series, movies, and sports when you sign up for Paramount Plus with Showtime. Catch exclusive originals from Paramount Plus such as Star Trek, Strange Wars, The Family Stallones, Halo, and so much more. You also can stream live sports like NFL on CBS, the UEFA Champions League, the Masters, and the SEC on CBS. Paramount Plus, you can stream up to three devices when you create an account. So Paramount Plus, plan starts at $5.99. if you hit that link below, you can get a free trial. Paramount Plus, mountains of entertainment. The Playmakers Spa is sponsored by Liz. Locker rooms by Lids. Shop hats and official sports gear at Liz. Lids. Lids, the leading and number one destination for hats, gears, and everything that moves you. Make it a perfect shop for fans to find official sports hats, merchandise, and gears. Represent your team, your town, and your style with a snap pad, adjustable fitted hat, or beanie from thousands of college and professional teams. Browse the very latest jerseys and t shirts for the best teams out there. Liz has officially licensed professional and color sports teams' apparel and hats featuring the hottest brands and trends. Shop online or visit one of the hundred stores across the country. Blocker by Liz. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Band Out Gridiron. I gotta admit, it's kind of different. It's different one. I don't have video up here, and y'all can't see the graphics, I know y'all love the graphics, but we're going on the campus tour, ladies and gentlemen, so with the campus tour, we're going to begin the campus tour out in, uh, man, I'm going to throw a curveball at y'all. We're going to Mississippi, Tennessee, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to the American League Conference, all right? So I'm throwing a a curveball at you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But I had to do it. I looked at the slate, and I'm like, I got to talk about this game because uh, we have the 8-2 Southern Methodist University, or better known as SMU, taking on the 8-2 Memphis Tigers down in Memphis, Tennessee. This is a noon game on ESPN2. Ladies and gentlemen, we can go to the standings real quick. As I look at the standings, the two-lane Green Wave are 6-0 in conference play. SMU is also undefeated in conference play at 6-0. There's a third team undefeated in conference play in the American Conference. That is the University of Texas San Antonio World Runners. beep. beep are 6-0. And, and then right behind them sitting at 4 is the Memphis Tigers at 5-1. So if you want to know why I put this game on the board, it's because this game has a lot on it, okay, for the American Conference. You have an undefeated conference game of SMU going against a team with only one loss in conference play in Memphis, and there's a lot riding on this game because you have Tulane playing at Florida Atlantic, and you have going on in about an hour or so around about 9 o'clock. On this Friday, on this Friday, South Florida going to, to Texas to take on Texas Antonio. So that should be interesting there. And then the following week, Memphis will take on Temple. Uh, US, UTSA will take on Tulane down in New Orleans, Louisiana. SNU will be hosting Navy. So a lot a lot can happen in these two weeks now. A lot can happen. SMU and Memphis get together. That's a good one. From Memphis, Tennessee, and the American let's head out to the West Coast to the Pac-12 with the ranked matchup of 17 versus 22. And that will be the Utah Youth ranked 22 on the road to Tucson, Arizona to take on the 17 ranked Wildcats of Arizona. This game is at 2.30 on tomorrow on the Pac-12 network. I already went through it in the last in the previous set, Melbert of the Iron Roundup, big one in the Pac-12, Arizona, trying to make a bid, trying to keep it, trying to keep it close with a with a small with a small, and I do mean small chance of making it to the Pac-12 Championship game. But the fact that Oregon has to play still, and then next week against Oregon State, anything can happen. And Utah Utah is pretty much on the outside looking in at 4-3 and three in conference play, but we know we know the situation with them. They haven't had their starting quarterback, Cam Rodgers, for the whole season. So it's been a tough slating for them and whatnot. But we understand it, and we're going to keep it moving just like that. But we ain't done with the Pac-12 because we're going to leave Arizona. We're going to stay in the pac and we're going to go to California. Los Angeles, California, by the way. And to be even more of city, we're going to the Coliseum as the USC Trojans Face off against a Crosstown Rivals, the UCLA Bruins. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The week is here. The University of California, Los Angeles, going against the University of Southern California at the Coliseum. That game is at 3.30 on ABC. It's the blue versus the red. All right? So a lot going on this game. Caleb Williams. Could this be his final USC UCLA game to be played? Uh I, this might be his final home game too if I if I'm looking at it right. Yep, this is his final home game. This is it. This could be the, the end for Caleb Williams. Or he, he does have one more year of eligibility. He can't come back. This could be it for him. We shall see, but this is a uh, this could be it. This could be the night, the final game of the great Caleb Williams. We shall see. Uh, see uh, what can Chip Kelly do with this team? They had been they was looking good at first, and then they started losing games left and right. So somebody's gonna have their fifth loss of the season. It's gonna be a painful one at that to losing this game. Okay. ABC yet again. From the city of Angels of Los Angeles, California, and the Pac-12, we go to the Big 12, Lawrence, Kansas, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Sunflower Showdown. As 25th-ranked Kansas Jayhawks hosts 21st-ranked Kansas State Wildcats. It's the battle of the cats and the hawks. Lawrence, Kansas, the battle for Kansas, 7 p.m. FS1. You do not want to miss it if you're a fan of either one of these teams. If you're a Big 12 fan, you do not want to miss it. There's a lot on the line for one team, maybe particularly, and we're talking about the Kansas State Wildcats as they are trying to keep in with the orange League of a chance of making the Big 12 title game and defending their crown. But all that can go away. If a pissed off Kansas Jayhawks come rolling in their home field in front of their home crowd and make up for the disappointing loss that they took a week ago to the Texas Tech Raiders. Red Raiders, should I say. That game is at 8 p.m. That is, no, 7 p.m. on FS1. And we're going to stay. In the Big 12, because the hits keep on coming. From Lawrence, Kansas to Ames, Iowa. And it is the Iowa State Cyclones hosting the seven-ranked Longhorns of Texas. 8 p.m. on Fox. Another matchup. But this matchup featuring two teams who are jockeying for a spot in the Big 12 championship. A win by Texas, and they solidify their spot going to Arlington, Texas, and Jerry's World. It's nice to have Quinn Earls back for the, for the Longhorns as they survived Fort Worth, Texas by six. For the Cyclones of Iowa State, I don't think many people saw them being at this positioning point going into the season. But what is this transpired here at Iowa State with a 5-2 conference record? A big-time win over the Longhorns who was ranked in the top 10 in the CFP poll? It will go a long way for Iowa State to have a shot of going to Arlington, Texas to play in the billion-dollar paper. That game again, 8 p.m. on Fox tomorrow. And then, ladies and gentlemen, the game of the week takes us back out to the West Coast and the Pac-12. There's a lot of people who are upset that College Game Day would not be in the great state of Oregon for this showdown. They are. Coming out to Kirkhurst Hurst Street, Weiss Davis, Pat McAfee for not being in Corvallis, Oregon. And it is the 11-ranked Beavers hosting the 5th reigning undefeated Huskies of Washington. A game, a showdown that you cannot miss, 7.30 on ABC Chris Fowler and Kirk Hershey will be on the call for this one. It is the same that game they chose James Madison. I understand the James Madison story. They're undefeated, but the NCAA has this stupid behind rule that's keeping them from making history. Nevertheless, this is the game everybody should be watching in prime time. Oregon. It will be rocking. It will be dancing. It will be something to behold, ladies and gentlemen. As the team that is ranked 11 is a one-point favorite on ESPN Bet. The forecast calls for 51 degrees and cloudy. ESPN Analytics says Washington is a 52 and a half favorite to win the game. While the Beavers of Oregon State is forty-seven and a half. The last couple of weeks, the Washington Husky has been getting by. They got by Oregon. They got by Arizona State. Now you're going to Corvallis. And you take on the Beavers. DJU has been balling for the Beavers. But we know Michael Penix Jr. is our Heisman favorite. A slip up here by Washington, and everything in the Pac 12 changes. A win by the Huskies, and they solidify their spot at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. But a win by the Beavers. A win by the Beavers. Sake some things up in a big way going into the final week of the regular season with a matchup with Oregon. A lot is riding on this game, ladies and gentlemen. And I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be a thriller in the valleys of Corvallis. And now the fan votes. The extra point van votes. I didn't know how the van was going for, because we had a lot of choices on this one, ladies and gentlemen. And I do mean we had a lot of choices. If I can tell you the choices right now, we had Oklahoma at BYU on there. We had Florida at Missouri on there. Louisville at Miami was on there. Rutgers at Penn State was on there. We even had Georgia and Tennessee on there. You had five and. Five incredible games to choose from. And I was wondering where the people were going to go in this one. But with 49% of the votes, ladies and gentlemen, you took it to the south. And when I mean south, I mean Knoxville, Tennessee. Where the 18-ring volunteers are coming home limping. Feeling embarrassed, I think, got their ass whooped and handed to them by the Missouri Tigers, taking on the number one team in the land, the reigning back-to-back undisputed national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs. Three thirty, the SEC on CBS. With Brad Lesnar and Gary Darrington on the call, it goes down at Rocky Top. Rocky Top, they can't do nothing. They can't stop Georgia from getting to the SEC championship game. Hell, they can't even stop Georgia from making the college football playoffs. Only thing thing Tennessee can do right now is pull off the upset nobody saw coming. And that's to beat the team who hasn't lost a game in damn near three seasons. If they can knock that out, there'll be a good boost for the for the Tennessee volunteers. They'll get them to 8-3. But ladies and gentlemen, ESPN Bet says 10 for the Bulldogs. ESPN analyst says 69.4% Bulldogs. They don't give a damn. They just going Bulldogs, Bulldogs. Until somebody showed him somebody can hang with the Bulldogs, they going Bulldogs, Bulldogs, Bulldogs. 330. CDS. So now we're gonna take our final break. And then when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, it's the beardown Picks. I'm gonna give you my picks. And we'll be ready for week twelve of the college football season. We'll be back.
1: Welcome to Ringside Chaos the professional wrestling discussion segment of the bear of texas podcast the only professional wrestling podcast in the world where pro wrestling is discussed passionately with confidence with great knowledge and most of all in the most sophisticated way so brace yourselves ladies and gentlemen because chaos is about to be unleashed With Tony Khan now being in talks to buy WWE, I'm gonna be honest with you. I spoke to this with Ricky Litwinkowicz, aka the Master of Mayhem, and he honestly believes that me talking about Tony Khan buying WWE is basically I'm kind of wasting my time because Ricky believes it's never going to happen. Okay, now I now don't get me wrong, Ricky. I respect his. I respect what he says. He's he could very well be correct. But, I gotta be honest with you, the fact that Khan is interested in supposedly buying WWE, to me, that's definitely worth talking about. Now, (laughs) now I should mention this, shout out to Ricky, by the way, and I gotta mention this, that even Jim Cornette already had something to say. And he said, and I quote, Ridiculous to think that could happen, unquote. (laughs) He's a wrestling fan that's been super supportive of Brody Lee as a wrestler, And everything that WWE could have done with him and, you know, everything that he could have shown and, you know, offered for the wrestling business. You know, for me, I I wasn't just a fan of Brody Lee himself, like, in character. I strongly respected him, you know, as a human being. Like, I had a lot of respect for Jonathan Huber. You know, that's Mr. Brody Lee's real name. So, basically, I had a lot of respect for Brody Lee, Lou Carper, and, of course, Mr. Jonathan Huber. Particular episode was about world-class championship wrestling and the episode title is you know wccw wrestling's lone star legacy and because i am the bear of texas and i do hail from the dallas fort worth area of the state of texas world-class championship wrestling was basically my territory as far as being a wrestling fan goes ladies and gentlemen Ringside Chaos is available on all streaming platforms including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube.
0: The Playmakers Bar is proudly sponsored by Fanatics. Fanatics, the number one shop. Where sports fans across the world love to get their sports gear and fend them all. A wide selection of gears from every league, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, the NCAA, and of course, the WWE. Whether it is football, basketball, baseball, hockey, even soccer, golf, no matter what sport it is, there's sports appeal for every fan of every sport. Fanatics, with sports fans shop. And efficient license everything. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bearing Down and Gridiron. You got your two-minute drill, you got your gridiron runner, and you got your canvas toys only one thing left to do. It's the bear down pick six. 47 and 19 on the year. I have wrapped up six straight extra points. I went 6-0 last week, and I do it again. But on this one, ladies and gentlemen, these pits will not be easy to come by. So, let's go ahead through it. Give me the Missouri Tigers to hand a first conference law to the SMU Ponies. Sorry, Ponies, but I'm taking the Tigers at home, and they make a statement saying, no, 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 no. We're not done. Before UCF and Tulane became a thing, this was our conference, and I was, and I had that feeling Missouri's gonna say something tomorrow. All right, so give me the Tigers of of Memphis. Give me the Wildcats at home, man. The more Utah plays without their starting quarterback, the more evident it's like. They can try all they want, and it's just, it's just not enough. It's just not enough. So I'm taking a Wildcats at home, and I'm going to Arizona. Arizona's on a magical run right now, and I love seeing it. I do love seeing it. So give me the Wildcats at home. Give me the UCLA Bruins to walk in the Coliseum to slay the Trojans. Bruins over Trojans in the blue versus red L.A. collision course. And my homie Jonathan Matthews is going to cuss me out when he hears this, that I'm taking the UCLA Bruins over USC. He's going to have a heart attack with me, and I don't care. Give me the Bruins. I finally get to pick against USC, and I'm doing it. The Sunflower Showdown, Kansas State or Kansas. Give me the Wildcats. Give me the rainy defending Big 12 champions to say we're not going down without a fight. We have a shot to get back to Arlington, Texas, to defend our crown. And I think they would take it like that when they walk into Lawrence, Kansas, and they face off with the Jayhawks. Give me the Wildcats. The win on the road. A big win on the road. Despite everything I said about the Cyclones, give me the Longhorns. When you got your quarterback back, Krenn Earns, he got his first game under his belt against Texas against TCU, a, a nice in-state rivalry. He's feeling pretty good. He's that he made it through that game. Ainsar was not an easy place to play it. Anybody in the Big Twelve would tell you. Even Iowa from the Big Ten, would tell you Ainsar ain't an easy place to play it. But give me the Longhorns, and they solidify their spot in Arlington, Texas, for the Big Twelve championship game. Just a no matter who do they face. For the Big 12 championship game. And our game of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Give me the Oregon State Beavers. I am picking 11 to slay five. Yes, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm going for it. Uh, even though a lot of other people are going for it, this is like the trendy upset right now. A lot of people is liking Oregon State over Washington. And the fact that Michael Penance Jr. knows about it doesn't bode well for me or anybody else picking Oregon State because he knows he dating underdogs, And he not, might not be pretty for us. But, hey, I'm picking Oregon State, man. Give me Oregon State, the knockoff Washington, and this thing in the Pac-12 is going to be really opened up. <laughs> All right? Woo-wee. Then I uh, asked the point of folks, I'm going to Georgia. I'm going to Georgia, man. Tennessee has nothing that they can do to prove to me otherwise that they can hang with Georgia. I told y'all Tennessee they had nothing to prove to me for me to pick them over Missouri. And they had nothing to prove to me to say they can hang with the Bulldogs. Give me the Bulldogs, okay? So there you have it. Those are my bear down picks, sis, picks week 12. I'm taking the Memphis Tigers over the ponies of SMU. I'm taking the Arizona Wildcats over Utah. Give me the UCLA Bruins over USC. Give me the Kansas State Wildcats to continue to claim Kansas as their state over the Kansas Jayhawks. Even though they're going to Ainside, I'm walking with the seven-ranked Longhorns of Texas over Iowa State. 11 over 5, ladies and gentlemen. I'm taking Oregon State over Washington. That is my big pick of the week right there. And then for the Esther Point, voted by the fans, give me Georgia over Tennessee. And I don't think it's going to be even closer, all right? I just don't think it's going to be closer. There you go. There you have it. Thank you for tuning in to Bearing Down and Grand Iron on this lovely evening, on Friday evening, as we push towards Thanksgiving week. So enjoy uh, this weekend. Enjoy your football. Just get ready for Thanksgiving week. Do my best to get you an episode before Thanksgiving, so that that will be out there. And you can have what you need. Until then, until next time, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. The playmaker signing off. Catch you later. You just experienced Baron Down the Gridiron, hosted by Donnell the Playmaker Salons, in collaboration with Brothers Football. Bear Down the Gridiron is sponsored by Liz Fanatics and. Plus, if you enjoyed today's show and would like to make a donation, you can donate via cash up at dollar sign the playmakers at dollar sign the playmakers. Remember, Bearing Down and Gridiron is available on all podcast directories, right including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. And for Apple Podcasts lovers, leave us a great review. Let us know what you enjoyed about today's episode that you're listening to. Tune again next time for more bearing down the gridiron hosted by the plateman